in my cry. thou 
she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. <clears throat> but Jesus answering and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand or on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. Amen. I want to talk just for a few minutes from this subject, Jesus redefining greatness. Jesus redefining greatness. Every child, all of us, we are all born with a sin nature. A nature that causes us by our very nature to want to be the center of attention. That's natural. That's natural. We are born with that. Babies cry to be fed. They cry to be dried. But it doesn't take a baby long to learn that even if I'm not hungry, and even if I'm not wet, if I cry, are y'all hearing me? I can get some attention. How early we began to see the reality of Psalm 51. We are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It is that same sinful nature, my brothers and my sisters, that same sinful nature that causes even a toddler to always desire to be the center of attention and always want to be the leader in the line. A child naturally just wants to be first. All of that, my brothers and sisters, is just a part of man's sinful nature. He will always be that way. He will always have that desire to be out front and to be first until they have a saving encounter with Jesus. And once you encounter Jesus Christ, then you begin to learn a new way. It is just coming to know Jesus. It is just coming to know Jesus that we are exposed to a whole new way of life. When we come to know Jesus, we learn how to esteem others higher than ourselves. Yeah. 
It is when we get to know Jesus that we learn how to share what we have with others. It is in getting to know Jesus that we look out for the welfare of other folk. You didn't do that till you met Jesus. At least that's the way it ought to be. <laughs> but the truth is, many who are saved, many who are walking with Jesus, still struggle with that desire to be the center of attention. Many who are good and saved still got to be the leader. Always got to be the center of everything. Tell your neighbor, God ain't through with me yet. Don't tell him, just think it. <laughs> God ain't through with Still want to be the center of everything. In this text, Jesus had to deal with this very issue among his closest followers, his disciples. These folk who had been following him every day for almost three years, but they are still struggling with this same sinful nature. In this text, Jesus and his chosen 12 disciples, along with a band of other disciples, followers, were on their way to Jerusalem by way of Persia. While his goal was to arrive there for the Passover, Jesus knew that this was going to be his last journey. It had become apparent to his disciples that this new kingdom that he had been talking about for three years, this new kingdom now was about to become a reality. And even though they didn't fully understand it yet, they knew that something was about to happen. It seemed that this growing expectation of a new kingdom along with that limited understanding of what was beginning to unveil, it, it started, uh, yeah, they, 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 they were limited, but it, it, it unveiled a selfishness even among these disciples. And, and that selfishness seemed to be growing as the kingdom grew nearer and nearer. Listen at the question raised by the disciples in chapter 18 and 1. Listen, listen how they're thinking it is. They asked him in that, cha in that chapter, in that verse, they said, Jesus, uh, who, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In chapter 19, verse 27, listen to Peter. Peter said, look, Jesus, we have forsaken everything. To follow you. What are we going to get out of this? <laughs> y'all hear? Y'all see what they, where they headed? Yeah, yeah. What are we going to get out of this? And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that it was this selfishness that seemed to be creeping into the ranks that prompted Jesus to give the parable here in verse 1 of this chapter. You remember Jesus gave a parable about, a parable about some folk working in the vineyard? You remember the story he told about some went early in the morning, some came at noon, some came late, some came at the last hour. But the point was, Jesus said, at the end of the day, they all got the same pay. 
You remember that parable? Jesus is trying to help them out. At the end of the parable, he says, uh, what you got to understand is that the last shall be first. And the first shall be last. Jesus is trying to help them out. After he finished the parable, after he finished the parable, he pulled the 12 apart and he shared with them for the first time what was about to happen. He wanted them to know that when we get to Jerusalem, what's going, this is what's going to happen when we reach Jerusalem. He alluded to, to, to before, but this time he's giving them detail. Look at verse 18 and 19. Told them that he's going to be, be betrayed by the chief priests and scribes. He said, they're going to condemn me to death. Told them that He's going to be mocked. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be scourged, scourged, and, and then I'm going to be crucified. But he also told them that on the third day, I'll get up. Are y'all hearing me? Now, it was after this declaration of Jesus, when Jesus said that, that Salome She's believed to be Mary's sister, the aunt of Jesus. But she hears this thing, and it looked like time is winding up. Looked like she's about to run out of time. So she brought her boys, James and John, and they come to Jesus with a request. And you need to read this closely. It says, verse 20, read it, read it, get it right out of the book. It says, she came worshiping him and desiring something from him. <laughs> worshiping him and desiring something of him. Don't miss that. <laughs> she came worshiping, but she had a motive. Well, Y'all hear me? She, she, she had a she had a motive. Let me ask you something this morning. What is your motivation? <laughs> what is your motivation for worship? Let me help you out. Pure worship should be driven by nothing but an attitude of gratitude. Are y'all hearing me? anything else and you might just be worshiping with a selfish motivation oh my brothers and my sisters when you worship when you come before God with your praise uh, when you worship with a selfish motive it often only lasts until you get what you want I just said something right there you, if you worship with a selfish motive yeah, that, that's how you can sort of tell when folk get their prayers answered. Because once they get them answered, they, they really don't show up. <laughs> uh, uh, and if they do show up, they sit with them. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing me? It may be true that when praises go up, blessings come down. But your praise ought not be predicated on blessings coming down. If ain't nothing coming down. Are y'all hearing me? I, I wonder if there anybody in the house that can bless the Lord if ain't nothing coming down. Can just bless him because of what he already. Y'all ain't hearing me. 
you ought to be able to praise God for what he's already come down. Or even, are y'all hearing my, or even if it seems like ain't nothing coming down, you ought to be able to say, I bless the Lord at all times. Praise shall continually be in my. Now, Jesus says to Salome, he says, what is it that you want? Now listen to her request. She says, Jesus, and I, I'm, I'm inclined, I don't like to put words in the Bible, but I'm inclined to say, she says, nephew. <laughs> Jesus, I want you to grant that my two sons, your cousins, may sit one on the right hand and one on the other left when you come to your kingdom. Are y'all hearing me? She had heard Jesus in chapter 19. She heard that after all was done, he was going to sit on the throne of his glory. And that the 12 of them would sit also on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Erie. So she's trying to get ahead of them. She's heard the plan, and now she's making a move to do what mamas do. She's looking out for her boys. Are y'all hearing me? Now Mary, really, to be honest, we, we've been hard on her. She's she got a lot of criticism for saying that and for what she did. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you really got to give her some credit. At least she's looking out for her boys. Her husband's still, Zebedee's still out there fishing. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing. At least she's looking out. Looking out for her boys. The problem was... Not so much the asking as it was that she really didn't think it through. She really didn't know what it was that she was asking. She was so busy looking at the throne that she completely overlooked the path to the throne. Y'all ain't hearing this. And my brothers and sisters, the path to the throne is never an easy path. Go back to 18 and 19. Jesus had just said that I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be condemned to death. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be scourged. Yeah, I'm going to be then crucified. But Salome looked over every bit of that. Yeah. She overlooked every bit of that and went straight to the throne. But look at the response of Jesus. Jesus said to her, you don't know what you're asking. You ain't got a clue what you're asking. Listen to the question that Jesus asked the boys. He said, are, are you able to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with? 
In other words, Jesus is saying, are you able to face the suffering that I'm about to face? I'm about to bear the sins of all mankind on my shoulders. Are you able to endure that kind of pain and that kind of suffering? And then when they answered Jesus, they showed that they didn't have a clue. They showed that they didn't have a clue of what Jesus was about to endure. Listen to what they said to Jesus. Yeah, we're able. <laughs> it's right there in the book. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, we are able. Jesus finally says to them, as my followers, because you're following me, what you need to understand is you will face some suffering. You will face suffering. You will endure pain. But it really, but, but the, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Jesus says, uh, it's really not my decision who sits where. That's my father's decision. But now, a mess is about to break out. The word of this request gets around to the rest of the disciples. The rest of them hear what ain't Salome is trying to do. And, and, and the rest of the disciples, and now there is a, a battle, a resentment in the ranks of the disciples. The word says that they were moved with indignation. Move with indignation. Uh, let me say it. The, what that means? They cut the food. <laughs> they cut the food. They heard this woman trying to get her boys. Uh, they cut food against these two brothers. Now the real reason for that indignation was that that they they had the same selfish motivations. Amen. They wanted those. Are y'all hearing me? You, you all are trying to apply world systems. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah. J Jesus goes right to the heart of the problem and speaks to them just like he spoke to the boys. He says, you all are trying to apply world system values to the kingdom of God. Verse 25 through 28. He says, you know that the princes of the Gentiles... They exercise dominion over the, the, over the people. They exercise dominion over the people. And they, the people who are great, they exercise the authority over everybody. That's the way the Gentiles do it. Amen. But what I want y'all to understand, it, it, it's not going to be so in this kingdom. Right. It won't be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, listen to Jesus, let him be servant in this kingdom. If you want to be great, let him be your minister. Let him be your servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life for a ransom. He said things are on a different order in this kingdom. Jesus here describes leadership from a whole new perspective. In the kingdom of God, 
instead of using people, we are to serve people. That's a different kingdom, isn't it? In the kingdom of God, rather than yeah, using folk, we serve folk. It's sad when all of your worth and all of your value rests on how many folk you got under you. Are y'all hearing this? But James and John and their mother were saying that what we want and we're willing to go through whatever we need to go through to get it. Are y'all hearing that? We want to be over somebody. And it doesn't matter what we got to pay. We want to be over some, are y'all hearing me? It's amazing what some folk will do for earthly status. But listen to Jesus. Jesus says in the kingdom, verse 26, whoever would be great among you, let him be your servant. Are y'all hearing this? And if you want to be chief, yeah, among men, let that person become the servant of those men. In other words, instead of using people, we serve people. Let me say it again. Instead of using people, we serve people. Jesus here brings us to a whole new concept. You hear it everywhere now. They call it servant leadership. Servant leadership. Sounds like an oxymoron. Servant leadership. In worldly thinking, you're either a servant or you are a leader. In worldly thinkings, servants don't lead, they follow. But the only way to achieve greatness in the kingdom of God is through serving somebody. It's through serving others. You want to be recognized? Serve somebody. You want your name to be called? You want your name to be known? Serve somebody. In verse 28, Jesus says, even I came into the world not to be served, but to serve. Not to take, but to give. Even to give my life a ransom for many. And my brothers and my sisters, that's exactly what Jesus did. He served all the way to the cross. Look at him hanging there, not for himself. He's hanging there on that cross for us. John 19, 25 puts, yeah, that same Salome. Yeah, you, John 19, that, that same aunt, that same ain't Salome. John 25 puts her at the foot of the cross. When Jesus is being crucified, look at us sitting there looking at her nephew being crucified on a cross. 
I wonder as she was watching Jesus, as she watches him in his agony on the cross, I wonder did she remember that if Jesus had granted her request, that could have been her two boys. Y'all ain't hearing me. That could have been her boys, one on the right and one on the left, but, but, but not just her. You and I ought to think the same thing. That could have been me. Oh, you ought to think about that. You ought to think about it. that could have been me. Matter of fact, it should have been me. Hanging there on the yeah. Like one of the thieves. Like one of the thieves hanging there on the cross next to Jesus said to the other, you know what? We deserve to be here. That was the conversation going on on the cross. Said to the other, we deserve to be here, but this man has done nothing. But then that thief hanging there on the cross, he also made a request. I'm almost through. He also made a a, a Yeah, He asked for one last act of service. Yeah, he says to Jesus, Jesus, I done figured this thing out. I know who you are. And the question I got for you is, uh, when you come into your kingdom, I, I, I want you to remember me. Watch this. Jesus stopped dying long enough. He stopped dying long enough to do one last act of service. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen now. He ain't talking to a prophet. He ain't talking to a priest. He ain't talking to a king. He's talking to a thief. But it says this day, somebody ought to shout. This day, you will be with me in paradise. Are y'all hearing me? One last act of service. And then he dies. Died, yes, on an old rugged cross. They laid him, yes, in a bowery tomb. But I thank God. And I'll go to my grave telling the story. That he got up, yes, early Sunday morning with all power in his hand. So my brothers and my sisters, I'm resolved to be more, yes, and more like Jesus every day. I want to walk like him. I want to talk like him. I want to live like him. Yes. So that when I come to the end of my journey, I can say honestly, yeah, let the work I done speak for me. Let the service I give speak for me. Are y'all hearing me? Let the life I live speak for me. Let me live so that when I come down to the end of my journey, 
I can hear Jesus say to me, he won't call me reverend. He won't call me pastor. He won't call me doctor. He won't even call me Richard. All I want to hear is servant, servant of God. Well done. Rest from thy loved employee. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on now and I'll make you rule over many. Y'all ain't hearing me. I don't want uh, any special seat here. All I want uh, up in heaven uh, is just to behold uh, his face. Y'all ain't hearing me. Just uh, to behold uh, his face. Him right said it uh, like this, uh, not uh, just to kneel uh, with the angels, uh, not to see uh, loved ones uh, who have gone, not uh, just to drink uh, from the fountain uh, under uh, the great uh, white throne. Not for the crown that he gives. Am I trying to run this race? All I want up in heaven is just to behold his face. Just to behold his face. Just to behold all I want up in heaven is just, yes, just, just to behold, just to behold his face. I ain't worrying about what seat. I'm not worrying about how close I can get. I, I, I want to be as near to him as I can be, but that's not, I want to just see, I just want to see his face. We don't sing it. <laughs> we don't sing it anymore. We don't sing it anymore, but we used to sing just to behold. I don't even want to, I ain't going to bother with y'all with that. <laughs> just to behold his face just to behold his face all I want up in heaven is just to behold his, his face, oh, just to behold his face, just to behold his face. Oh, I want 
up in heaven. Oh, it's just to behold his, his face. We've got to get our priorities right. We've got to get our priorities right. It's not about how high we can go here. It's all about seeing his face. It's all about who we can serve along the way, who we can help along the way. If you want to be great, you got to learn how to serve. The word of God is clear. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. skyscrapers grand and tall you even may conquer all the failures of your past but only what you do for Christ will last goes on to say remember Remember, remember only, only what, only what you do for Christ, it will last. It says only, only what you do for him it will be counted at your end only what you do for Christ only what only what you do for Christ only what you do for Christ it will last and so now we give you an invitation the Bible declares that if you don't know him that you have to believe it in your heart and confess it in your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. 
And if you do that, the Bible declares you shall be saved. So Jesus gives you that invitation. That if you're not saved today, you can come give your life to him. But also, if there are those in our midst who you have a relationship with him, but you don't have a community of faith to stand with him, you can also come. So come on. For him will be counted at the end. Only what you do, do for Christ. Come on, come on. Somebody ought to come. Remember, remember, re remember, but only what you do for Christ will last. Come on, somebody. Come on. Give your life to him. Christ 
will last. Not what you got, not what you've done. Re remember on only what what you do for Christ will last only what you do for praise because he's worthy give him praise because he deserves your praise somebody needs to lift up Jesus in the house today brought you through storms brought you through trials all the trouble in your life but give him praise because you're still here give him praise because he's made a way give him praise because he's taken your brokenness and made your whole. Give him praise. Because he was. Of your best praise. I wish somebody could give God a praise. Not because of what you are. But because of who he is. He is our God. And there is none beside him. He died on Friday, but he got up on early Sunday morning giving praise, even for that. I know. I know. I know. I can even thank him for the rain. Because, you know, if there's no rain in your life, you won't grow. Is there anybody here that can even thank him? For the stormy days that he's brought you through. From the winds in your life that he's been able to gird you up. Somebody, I see one person, somebody, give him.
thank you, Lord. And our prayer is that you continually give us the heart to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. I want to thank all of you, uh, both in the sanctuary and even thank you, our members and those with us virtually for your gifts in giving. We count it not robbery, and God does not either, that you have given to the local church and that the local church can provide for the kingdom of God. So we want to thank you and ask continually that you would continue to give your tithe, your offering, and above and beyond. We want to thank you for your donations continuous to our food pantry. Uh, we want to thank those who have already donated, those who have the heart to keep donating. We want to thank you and understand donations for the food pantry can be uh, given at, at Heritage Hall during our office hours. Those are third, uh, Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 5 in our office hours. Easter is coming, and we will celebrate here at Salem Church at the 7 o'clock hour, at the 9 o'clock hour, and also at the 11 o'clock hour. Amen. Amen. On Easter Sunday, eat your breakfast because it's going to be a day. Amen. A long day. I want to thank God for all of you in the sanctuary who are dealing with sickness and dealing also with the bereavement of death. I thank God for our membership who even in the face of death, they have the right and they have the understanding God is still worthy of praise. I see our sister Anita and I also see our brother Deacon Knowles and I see others who have had to deal with death and are dealing with it with grace and dignity and still with the worship in their soul. So I thank God and for all of you. Pray for those in our family. Thank Sister Kelly. I also see you today. Thank God in our family for those who are dealing with sickness and distress, but who are still able to give God the praise. I want to thank God even for those in our church who are not able to be here, who convalescing. I want to know that you're praying. We are praying for you weekly and daily. Amen. Amen. So just want to praise God for that. Pastor, do you have? Amen. If you will just stand on your feet. God be with you till we meet again. to him who is able to keep us from stumbling 
and able to present us blameless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God be glory, be majesty, be dominion and authority. May it be both now, henceforth, and forevermore. And God's people said. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.